The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Book Club Show on Inspire 105.1 FM. The time is 10 o'clock on Tuesday, the 17th of December. I hope you have had a wonderful morning so far. It is a little bit chilly and a little bit wet, but hopefully you've all wrapped up warm and are looking forward to today, today's uh, Book Club Show. We are first, though, going to head over to a song by Baraka Blue, Love and Night. Light. May your wrongs be right, may your songs be tight, may your words give sight, may your newer shine bright, may you always be on the righteous side of the fight, may your lovers be loyal, may your soil be fertile, may your khaki stay creased, may your locks stay oil, may your plans never get foiled, may your plot thicken, may your chicken be halal, may your style be sufficient, may your soul be free of its prison, may Allah increase you in your vision, may you find everything you've been missing. May you awake for prayer before the sun has risen When you speak, may your audience listen May you never feel trapped in a system May you sire many righteous children Who will act on prophetic tradition May you always have food on your plate May you learn from every mistake May you rise above all the hate And may Allah increase you in your state May you never pretend that you are what you ain't May your friends be real and never be fake May your rent never have to be late And may your health always be great May Allah forgive every sin Now and forever if you falter again And may you always stay close with your kin And may he make all your enemies friends May he make reality of your plans May your present be pleasant, may you have a good end May your heart be purified of its flaws And may you act according to the laws That were revealed in the book of Allah And may he catch you whenever you fall May the one guide you to the truth And when you doubt, may he show you the proof May you be like the Ahala Suf With the wisdom of the elders, the energy of the youth May he accept your prayers and your fast The very first, all the way to the last And remove obstacles that you have And may you receive everything that you ask May you never have regret for your past And receive mercy, not the wrath And as you travel down your personal path May you always have a reason to laugh Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. That was Baraka Blue, Love and Light, which is one of my favourite, um, actually, songs by Baraka Blue. Um, and to be honest, it is one of those things that makes me think if we all did have a bit more love and light in our lives, I'm sure there wouldn't be much room for hate and darkness, especially um, after the week we've had since the general election and all the um, conversations that have been happening in the current climate. So um, I do, I think, for that reason, and think um, Love and Light by Barack Blue is a really kind of breath of fresh air and always makes you feel much, much better. Right, now, so coming to the book that we are discussing this week, um, this is The Boy at the Back of the Class by Anjali Ralph. Um, and it is, to be honest, a beautiful, beautiful book, a beautiful story, and I'm really looking forward to discussing this um, today. In the studio, I am joined by um, some lovely young ladies who are going to be discussing um, this book with me. Um, but before I do that, I will give a quick introduction um, to the book by reading the blurb at the back. So the blurb says, There used to be an empty chair at the back of my class, but now a new boy called Ahmed is sitting in it. He's nine years old, just like me, but he's very strange. He never talks and never smiles and doesn't even like lemon sherbets, which are my favourite. 
But then I learned the truth. Ahmed isn't strange at all. He's a refugee who's run away from a war, a real one, with bombs and bullies that hurt people. The more I find out about him, the more I want to help. That's where my best friends, Josie, Michael and Tom, come in, because together we've come up with a plan. So that is an intriguing um, blurb. It is actually um, aimed, uh, the book itself is a children's book, um, but I actually read this as part of uh, Dharamana Book Club um, just a few weeks ago, and which means even as adults, we absolutely fell in love uh, with the story. We had really some amazing uh, discussions. And again, because of the, I guess, theme of the book in terms of um, the plight of refugees and the experiences of this particular boy against I think it's really relevant in the current um, social political climate um, so now to introduce um, my guests who are on the show um, if I ask you all to introduce yourselves and then we'll just talk a little bit about why you're here and um, about your own um, book club that you have so if we start off with okay hi I'm Sarah hello Sarah um, I'm Iman hello Iman Assalamu alaikum, I'm Hannah. Waalaikum salam, Hannah. And how are you all this morning? Good. Good, good, good. good. I've actually just noticed that you all still have your coats on. It's a bit chilly. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Well, things will start getting warmer and then you can take them off. Not a problem. Um, right, so can I ask Sarah, maybe coming to you first, can you tell me a little bit about, um, obviously you guys have been in the studio before, you've been on the book club show as guests before. What is it? that you guys are doing in terms of I mean is is this your own kind of book club group is that what it is and how did it come about um I think we all like reading so we decided mm-hmm. like once a month we were going to pick a book mm-hmm. and we were all going to read the book and we were all going to kind of discuss it see what we liked and then you mm. did the show so yeah we decided yeah. that it's probably the best way to discuss it and answer questions fantastic okay that sounds really good um okay so coming um to you Iman what is it about um being part of this kind of book club group or having the opportunity to, to discuss things together what 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 do you like about that I like uh about what I like about the book club meetings and everything uh is because you when you're at home just sitting on your couch and you're reading by yourself mm-hmm. and you want to discuss your book about uh to someone uh, tell them about the book mm-hmm. and uh discuss with people about how their feelings about the book was um when we have a book club then you can just talk to everyone instead of just talking to yourself and not not mm. really knowing what other people's feelings about the book is yeah, so exactly. yeah no absolutely and probably the same reasons I, I guess that um i wanted to do even the radio show so even though obviously being on radio you're actually just talking into the air which is obviously why it's lovely to have guests but yeah it's exactly the same for me it gives me opportunity to share views and and actually learn from other people which i think is so important um hannah's coming to you if we come to the book um so we're reading obviously or we've read the boy at the back of the class by anjali ralph what was your first um impression of the book so if we just think about the cover itself so for um the listeners at home and anyone who's watching on facebook live um i'm just showing it now so the cover is the back of um uh, the boy but it's actually um a rucksack a bright red one um and you can tell that it actually must be a child maybe going to school um and it just says the boy at the back of the class on top um, of the rucksack but what do you think um um, Hannah, what was your first impression of the book in terms of the cover? Yeah, I thought it was kind of like, I don't know, interesting and yeah. um, like kind of like, I don't know, like like um, interesting and um, like... Did it make you want to, I mean, is it something you related to when you saw the cover? Is it something you thought, oh, actually, you know, I don't know, it's a really nice rucksack or did you want to find out what's in it? I mean, I don't know yeah. what, did, yeah, Yeah, I found it, like, I really wanted to read it. Like, I saw the cover and I thought, this is probably going to be a really good book. Okay. I want to read it. Fantastic. Okay, that's good. <coughs> right, so um, if we come on to um, discussing now some of um, the themes of the book. Um, Sarah, so well, I obviously read out the um, blurb earlier. What do you think, I mean, stood out to you, firstly, again, you know, just maybe before actually starting the story? Was there anything in particular? 
Um, it shows the rucksack again on the blurb, and mm. I think it's like the rucksack is not really in pristine condition. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ripped, and you wonder where the rucksack's been, why it's ripped, mm-hmm. and also it talks about like how he's very strange and mm. he's a refugee, and you kind of want to work out what war he's from, mm-hmm. why he's a refugee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and um. Had you read, uh, did, had any of you read a book like this before in terms of um, something about war and, you know, about refugees? Mm, I have read a book before. Uh, yeah. it, was a, it was kind of like this book mm-hmm. because it was about a girl who was a refugee and mm. she had to run away from her home because of all the bombs and then, but she came to France instead. Yeah. And oh, okay. And she was just trying to get into UK for mm-hmm. the whole time and... Yeah, um, her dad and her mum died. Uh, so you read war, some. So I read something like similar. that. Similar. Okay. 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 That's good. Um, I guess that's the thing. If we, I think the more we kind of expose ourselves to certain books and certain stories, I think it helps in kind of think about what else is going on in the world, which I think is sometimes really important. Um, so if we come on to um, our first question, which is a quote um, from the book, because obviously having read the blurb, we know that obviously this boy at the back of the class he's he's new um to um you know his uh, new to a, a specific place or new to his school um so the quote is i think it must be one of the worst worst things in the world to be new to a place and have to sit with people you don't know um so i guess the question from that really is that have any of you and maybe sorry if i come to you first uh, been in a situation where you've experience something like that where you've been new to a place and how you've dealt with it um when i moved school i suppose it was kind of like because i was leaving people who i'd known all my life to people now i didn't know at all and it was kind of unnerving i suppose Mm -hmm. but as i went through it i kind of got used to it but i think for ahmed it's kind of a different thing because he can't speak the same language he really doesn't know them he's in a different country Mm. so yeah for him it's quite a big step he kind of has to take so mm. no i don't think i've been in a situation as bad as his situation definitely. yeah sure yeah and i guess it, it does help you i guess appreciate how powerful language is in itself and you know in terms of understanding one another right so no, definitely how about um yourself iman um for me when i experienced something like that it wasn't as big as what Ahmed, the boy mm-hmm. at the back of the class, mm. experienced, like how Sarah said, but um, it was when I was going to a sports place and then I had to move from one place to another uh, in a, in the sports, like, mm. I had to move yeah. and, uh, from there. And it was a big step because the... Um, the people who were teaching it were both quite different and I, I didn't know the people with me and mm. I was rather scared because I didn't know because no one was there with me that I knew except maybe like one or two occasional people. So I was quite frightened but it wasn't the same as as the boy at the back of the classes. Yeah, yeah exactly, no, fair enough. But I guess you, there's an element of, of at least having some sort of idea though of what maybe a part of him um, must have felt coming to a new place um hannah how about you have you ever been in a situation where you've been new to a place and can you relate to that i think i have yeah i have once when in my mum's country Mm -hmm. i used to go horse riding there and they speak a different language there so sometimes they would say something that i wouldn't understand and and then like i would have to like kind of explain them everything that like I'm from England and I don't mm. understand everything. Sometimes it would, yeah. I don't know, like, well, like some people would like point at me, mm. giggle at me, or something like. Yeah. yeah. Once there were some girls behind me that were like pointing yeah. at me and laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. it's definitely not as bad as what Ahmed went through. No, sure. And I think that's the other thing when you are in a new place and obviously that idea of, of difference and what makes someone feel different. Partly, I guess, sometimes it's other people that make you feel different and this idea of um, 
you know we talk about this a lot i guess of, of being othered so um you could be for example in this country born in this country but just because you um look different or you dress differently you're treated as being as actually being different um and i think you know it, it's always um even when i ran for example creative writing workshops this idea of belonging um and i think it's again really important uh, because even myself i think like you guys are saying i don't know if i've ever um feel like i've been in a situation in particular, um, where I felt really um, maybe different. But maybe I guess once I started wearing hijab and that was when I became very much aware of maybe what my identity was and how actually I was um you know to other people visibly different um and i guess in that sense you can kind of relate um to that notion but yeah i think i agree with all of you on the point that it's probably nothing compared to what ahmed um went through especially as a child and coming from a completely different country and on top of that coming from um you know having to run away from war um you know obviously is really really profound and, and and something to think about um so i was just going to read actually quick um little excerpt from the book just to give an idea of why the book is called the boy at the back of the class um so um the author um is introducing obviously all the characters so we've got one of the main characters and the character is explaining um you know that they're in school one day and something different is happening and um, the the teacher looks at this chair and then there's a picture of the chair in the book and then it goes on to say as i said it was a pretty ordinary chair and it was empty because a girl called um, dina left our class at the end of last year to move to wales no one really missed her except for her best friend clarissa dina had been a bit of a show-off and was always talking about how many presents her parents got every week and how many pairs of trainers she had and all sorts of other things that no one else cared about she liked to sit at the back of the class because then she and clarissa could pretend to be doing lessons when really they were drawing pictures of their favourite pop stars and giggling about someone they didn't like. Someone else could have taken that seat, but no one really wanted to sit next to Clarissa. That's why the chair had stayed empty. After whispering for a few more seconds with Mrs Khan, Mrs Sanders left the classroom. We expected Mrs Khan to say something, but she seemed to be waiting, so we waited too. It was all very serious and exciting. But before we could start guessing about what was going on, Mrs. Sanders came back and this time she wasn't alone. Standing behind her was a boy, a boy none of us had ever seen before. He had short dark hair and large eyes that hardly blinked and smooth pale skin. Everyone, said Mrs. Khan as the boy went and stood next to her, this is Ahmed and he'll be joining our classroom today. He's just moved to London and is new to the school, so I hope you'll all do your very best to make him feel welcome. We all watched in silence as Mrs. Sanders led him to the empty chair. I felt sorry for him because I knew he wouldn't like sitting next to Clarissa very much. She still missed Dina and everyone she knew hated and everyone knew she hated boys. She says they're stupid and smell. I think it must be one of the worst things in the world to be new to a place and have to sit with people you don't know, especially people that stare and scowl at you like Clarissa was doing. I made a secret promise to myself right there and then that I would be friends with the new boy. I happened to have some lemon sherbets in my bag that morning and I thought I would try to give him one at break time. And, and I would ask Josie and Tom and Michael if they would be his friends too. After all, having four new friends would be much better than having none, especially for a boy, boy who looked as scared, as, as scared and as sad as the one now sitting at the back of our class. So that is um, a short section from um, the first chapter in the book. And for me, you know, it's so um, actually just lovely to even read that and this idea of friendship and how important that can be for somebody who's um, really uh, new to a place. Um, so maybe if I are, come and ask you guys, um, coming to you, Sarah, this idea of friendship, is there anything in particular that you took from the book in relation to that? Um, yeah, definitely, because they all... They all appreciate, um, later on in the story, Ahmed appreciates having friends. Mm -hmm. And definitely, if you have a friend, you have someone with you by your side. And yeah, the idea of friendship is really powerful mm. because sometimes it's not easy to be friends with someone. And like just there, the main character decided on the spot that they were going to be friends with the yeah. new boy. Mm -hmm. uh, and they kind of made that decision on the spot, not knowing what 
the one yeah. your boy was like or anything so exactly. yeah yeah which is beautiful i think this idea of like not even um which i think sometimes adults we end up doing this idea we just start judging we make judgments very very quickly but for yeah for, for them to you know for the character the main character protagonist to have that intention straight away i think is you know from the author i think is absolutely beautiful because you know it's almost like the authors kind of teach not teach i hate to use that word but just trying to show actually how in, easy it is you know to be able to make friends with somebody that you just have the intention um so if we um talk a little bit about actually hannah um hannah if i come to you um what about what do you take uh from the book about friendship or is there anything in particular um yeah i don't know you're not sure okay <laughs> that's fine sure. we can come back there's no problem Iman, how about yourself i took the lesson that anyone could be friends with you <coughs> even when you don't think that that they are nice like you might see their looks but don't judge a person mm. by their looks they have different looks in the inside yeah. they, they like don't just go and say oh i'm not going to be their friend they look so weird just yeah they might become your best friend after in the future so yeah that's a the lesson I took that anyone could be nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think it actually reminds me of something yeah, yesterday that I saw at um, uh, my local library. Um, so what they've done is they've covered, they've got um, this kind of shelf of books, but they've covered all the books up in kind of Christmassy wrapping paper. Um, but they've got kind of a title that do you judge a book by its cover and will you, something like will you dare to take a book or something so the idea is that you can't see what the books look like they've got a description of what the book is and you just pick whatever you like the sound of and I thought that was really interesting because that's one of the first things I do when I want to read a book which I'm maybe just browsing in the library the first thing I do is look at the cover and think oh you know is it, how it makes me feel is it does it look interesting so I definitely as much as we always say we shouldn't judge a book by its cover I think we all do it so I thought that was really interesting and how much you can I guess again coming back to the idea intention and really wanting to get to know somebody but not judging them at the same time i think it was really interesting um so we've been joined in the studio by um hidaya um assalamualaikum hidaya how are you i'm good thank you good um so do you have any um opinion on actually friendship and when you read the book and how it made you feel uh, about that kind of theme well i don't usually read them that sort of genre of books yeah so it was like a bit different for me yeah and it, it, like a good different or about yeah. different yeah okay that's good um right so our next question um i think what we um are gonna talk a little bit about is as we've um been talking about the boy at the back of the class by Anjali Ralph is about um, obviously refugees, a particular boy um, called Ahmed who's um, had to uh, basically run away from war and has come um, to the UK and has started um, a school and obviously uh, is um, on the way to making um, new friends. But do you think that the book helps increase empathy towards um, refugees? If I ask Iman first, do you think the book helps increase empathy? Or, you know, towards refugees? Um, I think it does, actually, because it makes you see their side of the story when they, when Ahmed starts talking a little bit um, in mm-hmm. um, the near end of the story. He starts talking a bit. He learns how to talk more. So he starts talking about where he comes from, mm. why he's here in the back of the class, why he's in the school. And then... It does increase a lot of empathy because <coughs> when you think about refugees, when you don't really know anything about them, you just hear mm. some stories in the news that they did something mm. or there are lots of them waiting. You don't really think, oh, these people are in so much danger. You're just like, oh, these people could just care for themselves mm. or these people, they don't, they can, we could just leave them. They can just find out, they can do their own things. But then when you read the story, then you find out that it's actually really hard and that how much they've been struggling through because um, it's like the boy he he has been running away from all these bombs and everything and it doesn't really 
feel pleasant to be running away from all of that. So when you're reading it, it it makes you think, oh, this this is the true story of the refugees. This 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 feel so this is how the refugees feel mm. this must be so terrible it, it makes you feel like that and you feel much more like usually if you're just hearing about it you don't really feel like oh my god i'm so sorry for him but then when you read a book about it when you read the boy at the back of the class it makes you feel like so heartbroken when you hear about his sister and his mum and his dad and ev- his cat in the mountains mm. and everything and it makes you really really upset about that because you're just sitting there reading the book and you're just being dragged into the of the world of Ahmet and the protagonist and it just makes you feel like like nothing's being done to stop stop these people from just taking taking all these lives away Mm. when they're just bombing the countries when you read it then you're just like oh my god this is so scary yeah. And then you just want to give them something, you want to become friends with them, you want to talk to everyone, so yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's really beautifully summed up, actually. It was some of a lot of my feelings as well about reading the story, and definitely I agree that it does increase, I think, your empathy and, and this idea of being able to, able to relate to someone's story even though you haven't experienced it. And again, I think, you know, Anjali Rauf, the author, has done a really fantastic job in doing that. We are just now heading over uh, to a break, so grab uh, yourself a cup of tea and see you in a few moments. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum and welcome back to the book club show um, on Inspire 105.1 FM. It is Tuesday the 17th of December and it is 10.30 and I'm your host Imran Mahmood. We are talking today about the book The Boy at the Back of the Class by Anjali Rauf. Um, and just before the break we were talking about the one of the the boy who is called Ahmed, who's come to a new school, um, to a new country, who's been running away um, from war, and just the experiences, um, I guess, that he's having, but also um, the main protagonist in the book who's talking about um, wanting to become friends, and we we're talking um, about friendship and about empathy and about all the things that um, help us, I guess, not judge people in the sense that we can kind of spread um, all the love that is needed, I think, at the moment. Um, I am joined in the studio by um, some lovely um, young readers who are discussing all the themes of the book today with me. Um, Before I go on to our um, next question, I'm just going to read a little bit about the author, Andrew Ralph, um, who is the founder of Making Her Story, an organisation which encourages men, women and children to work together to create a fairer and more equal world for women and girls everywhere. In her spare time, she delivers emergency aid packages to refugee families living in Calais and Dunkirk and can often be found with her head buried in a book at the local bookshop. The Boy at the Back of um, the Class is her first novel and it's an amazing novel at that. And as I was saying in the first um, part of the show that... Um, we also read this as part of Dharam in a book club. And even though it is a children's book, all of us, um, even as um, adults or, I don't know, grown-up children, might be a better way of saying it, um, really enjoyed the story. And I think we took um, a lot from it. Um, so before the break, we were talking about empathy. And does this book um, increase empathy towards uh, refugees? Now, if you have your own comments, views or thoughts that you'd like to share, you can call in on 01582481822 or you can WhatsApp in on 0779 481822. It would be really, really lovely to hear from you. Um, so if we come over to um, Sarah, what would you like to add about the fact that do you think this book adds uh, or creates empathy towards refugees? So, yeah, I do think the book shows um, empathy, to, helps increase the empathy of refugees because it shows the not only the physical side so they had to go from this country to that country to that country but also the emotional side Mm. so they went through so much struggles they maybe lost people um Mm. and yeah so he had to go through a difficult emotional journey and Mm. what it took 
it took loss maybe um hardship maybe he didn't he just doesn't know mm. so it just doesn't it yeah it's just so many emotions in his head by the time he gets to the uk mm. that he kind of doesn't know what to do anymore yeah so it shows and because he's only really young yeah how much he's gone through as a child that maybe most adults haven't even gone through mm. the emotional journey he's gone through is quite deep actually yeah, no, and I completely agree. And it's such a good point to make, actually. And you're right, sometimes I think we do get really um, focused on the physical aspect um, of things and what someone might have got, gone through, you know, physically running away from something or, uh, you know, visually actually seeing, you know, a bomb or some fighting going on. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the emotional toll that it would take, you know, must be so profound. You wouldn't, you know, I guess, really, really be able to realise, um, which makes obviously Ahmed's story even more, I guess, um, endearing and, and, and wanting... Um, to yeah just uh, be able to help you know in any way that is possible um Hidaya, how about yourself do you feel the story you know increases empathy because lots of people don't really think about how they feel and usually they don't really get usually refugees don't really get like a say yeah um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like th they don't get a say in terms of they don't get to share their experience with others, or you know what do you mean? Like, like, mm -hmm. like sharing their experiences, mm -hmm. and also like not being heard. Right. Like if they want something to change. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Because I guess they and I, and it comes back to this idea that um if they if if refugees aren't given i guess that <clears throat> i don't know i mean what is it it's it's more than empathy though isn't it it's almost like a recognition of what everything they've been they've been through and instead of i guess treating somebody who's run away and wanted to find safety um in you know a particular country I mean, I guess my view is really to be treating them as guests and being able to help them. But you're right, instead, they're almost um, portrayed in a very, you know, negative way. And you're right, I think they maybe don't always get a chance to actually share the things and, you know, um, or even given platforms or even spaces, really, just to just to be able to safe, uh, to be safe and, and say what they want. Um, uh, so that kind of links in nicely uh, with um, our next uh, question, which is um, speaking specifically specifically about um, the, the way, I guess, the author actually describes um, Ahmed's journey. And I don't think we've mentioned it, but so Ahmed has actually been um, um, left Syria. So that is um, this, the main um, kind of, I guess, a background um, story for, for his um, journey as a refugee. Um, and what do we feel, um, coming to you, Iman, about the way, how do you feel about Ahmed's journey from Syria and also there's some use of illustrations as well so what was your opinion about that um about his journey I felt like it must have been a lot to go through because he probably never really he thought he was gonna have a peaceful life I'm pretty sure like mm. lots of us think that our life is not gonna have any attacks or mm things in our country so yeah um what i think is he must have his journey must have been really really terrible because you know all the waves going around him in the mm. sea because mm. i think he was in a boat mm. going on and his sister was yeah killed in the sea i think yeah. it was mm. so yeah um when you think about that really really like deeply mm. then you realize that everything that he's done is more than anything that um yeah. we have done and also the illustrations he um that Ahmed the boy at the back of the class drew in the book there was a few illustrations that he was drawing them and doing a presentation mm. and first there was a picture of all his family it was there was a picture of all his family yeah. and then the next one was um like all the bombs and it was rather like scary because he saw the holes in the houses mm. and everything was pretty yeah terrible and then there was a picture of all of them on the mountains mm -hmm. 
and that painted a picture in your head that they were traveling high and low and then there was another picture which was of i think everyone in a boat yeah just just sitting there and not really and then there's also if you look very closely you see a person in the picture drowning in the sea so mm. it's rather scary because you're like oh my god what has he been going through how is he feeling mm. and then you see the picture with only him and his dad in the camp in a in a lot of next to lots of tents mm. and that makes you think what happened to his mum what happened to his sister what happened to all the people that were on the boat and mm. then there was also a picture with the army and like no entry signs mm. with lots of tanks and people and then the tanks are saying go away and everything and then everyone just looks so terribly mm. sad and you you feel like oh my god i feel so sorry for them mm. and you feel like you're really scared about what's going to happen you're like what if they will die what if ahmed doesn't even make it what if ahmed just doesn't doesn't feel like he wants to live anymore and does something sure. yeah i mean it does family. really make you yeah it, it makes does. you want to like if your family just got lost and you're all on your own you mm. feel like you want to hurt yourself you, you're mm. like it's my fault mm. yeah i mean you, feel, you, can... you blame yourself yeah, you possibly you possibly could. And I think it's, yeah. again, it comes back to what Sarah was saying on the emotional toll of, of actually being, you know, that feeling of loss must be so, so, um, you know, so huge. Um, it's coming to um, yourself, Hannah. What do you feel about that, about, you know, reading about Ahmed's um, journey? And... Yeah, I felt, like, really sorry for him because, like, he had to leave his family behind and mm-hmm. <clears throat> first his cat died, then mm-hmm. his sister yeah. Was uh, was drowning in the sea, and then um, like the picture with the tents, mm. then his mother wasn't there, so yeah. something happened to her, and then it was only him. Mm. Where the lot and the last picture, and so like when we got to England, like the UK, he must have felt really, really like terrible, and mm. like without his family there, yeah. Yeah, and do you think the illustrations? Do you think they helped? I mean, why do you think the author chose to add illustrations which were drawn by Ahmed himself? Is there a particular reason? His if I come to you, what do you think? Why the author might have chosen um, to add the illustrations? Maybe to make it like more, um, like to get a good picture, and also because he like it's to get a good picture, as in to help ima- like the reader to imagine. Do you mean kind of an imagination kind of way? Okay, no, I think, I, I mean, I could think, I probably agree with that because I think sometimes reading about something, but then, you know, maybe seeing something visually, I think really encapsulates maybe that journey for everybody and everything that we, that he um, went through. And I think, yeah, the bit, the, the picture of the boat is something I think I felt really, really deeply. Um, and even the way um, the main, you know, characters um, just describing it. So I, I just read that bit uh, very quickly. So everyone leaned forward in their chairs and tried to read the labels Ahmed had put over some of the people's heads. I saw me and mum and dad, but there wasn't one for sister or cat. I know cats don't like water because Josie has a cat and she says it screams whenever it rains and always wants to stay inside. So maybe Ahmed's cat didn't want to go into the boat and maybe his sister didn't want to leave it behind so she stayed behind to look after it and obviously then they show um the picture and i think that innocence of um you know a young person hearing about her uh, hearing about the story um of a friend and actually just assuming that, not assuming straight away that actually, you know, um, that Ahmed's sister must have, you know, drowned or just thinking, not wanting to think, I think, the worst. But then obviously realising later on in the story that that's exactly um, what had happened. Um, but and, and coming back again to, I guess, Ahmed, the fact that he's in a new place and, you know, he he's um, found friends. And he does say at one point... Um, 
uh, in the story um so then i come here and come to school i like here no bombs it's safe and i like new friends and teacher and play football um so again i think despite all the harrowing story of ahmed's journey i think the author still balances it out uh, by showing that ahmed you know he's at least for now found something to help him i guess get through you know what must be a really really difficult time um so how about how about this idea that we were talking a little bit before about the way you know um hidayah said that refugees maybe don't get really a chance to share their stories um and also the way that people talk about refugees in their journey um so there's one um quote in the book that says sometimes i think everyone likes to believe a lie even when they know it's a lie because it's more exciting than the truth um so my question, um, Sarah, if I come to you, why do you think some people like to make refugees seem like bad people? Um, okay, I think people don't understand refugees. Okay, so they think they've come from a different country, they're not UK citizens, and they just don't believe that they actually deserve the right to be in here. Mm-hmm. And um, when... Like, even in the story, when it talks about the border gates being closed, so many people are like, oh, it's a good thing, then they won't come, they won't take our space. So, yeah, people just don't understand the journey, and that's what the author does that really nicely. Like, she puts it into perspective what Ahmed's gone through to get here. Mm. So I think if people were going to put refugees in newspapers, they should find out a bit more about them and just not come to conclusions instantly. So, mm. yeah, I think definitely think it's lack of understanding on their part. Sure. And I think, yeah, that's really important, you know, for anyone, you know, who works maybe in the media industry is listening. I mean, that's definitely a, a point to take on board. And um, and again, just to give the listeners um, a bit of background on what happens in the story. So Ahmed's obviously come and we know now that he's um, he's by himself. He, his parents are with him. Um, now his friends then come up with a plan, which is called, if I'm correct, it's called the greatest idea in the world. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. Um, and the idea is basically that they're going to... Um, Right, they decide that they over well. The main character overhears somebody, um, uh, two people on a bus saying that they're going to be closing the borders, which they end up calling like the gates. So they don't, you know, so stopping refugees to coming uh, to coming in the country. Um, so they come up with the greatest idea in the world, which is right to write to the queen to tell the queen to keep the uh, gates open so Ahmed's mum and dad can come. Um, so it, they go on this uh, journey where it's quite, you know, um, they lie to their parents and lie to the school they leave the school and they go and visit buckingham palace and um they wanted to deliver this letter to the queen um and then basically they all end up um on the news um for what they did and all the media is talking about it um but again i think it comes down to the idea that all they want to do is they want to help their um help their friend be able to find um his parents and bring him to the uk and again you know it's such a um a lovely way of i think uh, wanting to help a friend um in the best way possible because they know he must be feeling lonely um so iman coming back to you and, and the question why do you think then the media or certain people want to make refugees or their stories seem like a bad thing i think they want the space in their country for themselves they don't want to like just leave Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. all their money to the refugees they don't want to just go like oh let's give all this money to the refugees let's give them a home let's do all this stuff but then they they just want their money for themselves they don't want to Mm -hmm. to waste their money on these specific refugees who who are coming from a war they're like if someone's attacking them i don't really care it's it's our place it's our home we're the natives of this country Mm. we just we don't want these people Mm. to come and take over our country because there's already enough people so and how do you think if we were going to flip that so knowing that that it's probably something that none of us in this um, studio right now agree with. How should you uh, people be responding, do you think, to refugees in that case? In that case, I think people should be responding. They think they should be responding mm. to them in a bad way, like, oh, you shouldn't come here. But what I actually personally think they should say is, oh, let's give these people a space. You never know uh, how nice they are. They could be really nice. They could, what they should say, what 
I think they should say is mm-hmm. let's just let them have a home here. We have plenty of houses for them to live in. People can, if there's any kids, we can just let the people adopt them. It's fine. They can just sit, they can, you never know, they might repay us one day. That's what they should be responding. But mm. they instead, they just respond stupidly by saying oh um let's just let's we we this is just making me want to attack them Mm. like all these people why are why are they just asking for a home they can just fight back themselves they don't need to take up our space in our in our homes and just waste their time uh, waste our time looking after them instead of doing our own work just so i think it's probably it's not nice yeah exactly yeah. which i think yeah exactly i mean it's it's definitely not nice and um i think this idea of um i mean i guess it's not even it, it comes back to maybe a lack of empathy um maybe a, a certain amount of greed not wanting to share so i think all the things that make um the human character like the negative human characteristics i think definitely come out when we start not being able to help the most vulnerable in society and i think if we get to a point as communities where we can't help the people in need i think definitely there's something to um, reflect on and we need to start thinking what are we missing in our lives that is making us so um I guess horrible yeah to another human being where you we can't even offer somebody protection um and I I know you mentioned this idea that you know you know maybe we should let them come or we should be nice to them because they might be nice I mean to be honest the other really aspect of is well to be honest whether the people coming to this country where they're running away from war it shouldn't really matter whether people are nice or not our duty um as somebody who as people I guess who are in safety and who are able to give safety I think it's irrelevant on whether somebody's nice or not i think it's just part of a duty to care you know for others i think that's really important um uh, how about um hidaya yourself why do you think or do you have a certain idea why you think or how we should be responding to refugees in this country do you think well if you consider like how much they've gone through then maybe people would be more understanding Mm. and like we don't really need to give up much to like just put roofs over their heads like it could just be temporary as well Mm -hmm. and i don't think that people think that that because there's like bad rumors about them Mm. and people haven't heard like their side of the story and don't consider how they feel yeah exactly and it comes back to your um point before about because if refugees or that their stories aren't shared i guess we'll never know what they've gone through we're not able to then um maybe have that and definitely you know the media um i guess in the answer to the question that we're talking about at the moment the media definitely isn't helping if every time you know we are framing um not just refugees even you know anybody who's come from a different country and this idea of coming back to what uh, the children are saying in the book about keeping the gates open and not closing the borders and already because of the general election and everything in in the run-up to the election and now conversations taking place about this wanting to take back control about wanting to uh, you know leave the eu and everything about brexit which has been so so frustrating but this idea that in a world which has become increasingly global and in a world where we should really be reaching out to others and learning about each other and you know in in a way which increases love and empathy we almost seem to be doing the opposite which you know I, i think sometimes makes you lose hope but then coming back to this idea of Anjali Ralph writing the book The Boy at the Back of the Class how important this book is in um, the current you know well just for any time it doesn't really matter I guess what's going on in in the political sphere but just being able to share those stories um, yeah it's just you know it's amazing and I think it's brilliant that she's been able um, to do that Um, so maybe we should just go on to um, our last question uh, which is What's really interesting about what um, Anjali Ralph's done in the book is um, she managed to um, kind of hide the identity in terms of specifically the gender of the main character in the book, the main protagonist. And I didn't actually realise until... (coughs) 
so me and my daughter we've been reading the book at the same time and i was just reading it through and i was like um oh well so referring to the main character as a girl and she was like no i mean it's it's a boy and i we suddenly realized that nowhere in the book in literally i think the first two-thirds of the book you have no idea whether the main character is a boy or a girl or you know lots about the character um the character likes tintin the character loves um lemon sherbets and um you know she has a mum but her dad well the character has a mum uh, but the dad's uh, passed away and it's really really interesting the way um, the authors managed to capture that so maybe that might be an interesting uh, question to really end on so coming to Sarah um, why do you think the author chose to do that with the main character not give away the gender specifically I think it's so we had a neutral kind of perspective so we didn't know what the thing was and we could go along with the character seeing Ahmed's journey from Mm. a no matter what gender you are you could kind of relate to the book Mm. because the character loved Tintin it was it loved Lemon Sherbet so there was nothing that could kind of lead you to a certain gender Um, I also wanted to add about the refugee thing yeah that only um, in the book only Ahmed was helped by their whole thing so Mm. not every refugee always gets help so it's kind of tricky I suppose because you can fight for as much as you can like they fought because they wanted the border gates to be opened for everyone but it was only his parents that actually got noticed in the whole thing Mm. it wasn't everyone helped refugees it was just this certain boy needs help that's a good point that's a very good point to make actually yeah exactly um but yeah and coming back to what you're saying about yeah the this neutral position i think definitely and and i think the author did it so well like i said like my myself my i mean i didn't realize until halfway through the book that actually oh my god like i don't actually know if it's a, a girl or a boy and only suddenly realizing but yeah and then having that discussion even my daughter and saying but how important is it is it important that we know it's a girl or a boy or is it just enough to know about the character and again i think that emphasis always being on Ahmed's story which I think is really important and not to maybe um necessarily you know distract from that how about yourself um uh, um Hannah why, why do you think um, <clears throat> I think she kind of like hid the gender because like she wanted you to like think about it like mm. <clears throat> like what gender it is and yeah and that like it could be a boy or a girl like mm. yeah like <clears throat> girls could like that like girls could girls are also like adventurous i suppose like hmm. boys and like so kind of always compare like, hmm. yeah like some people think that only boys like tintin or something and it's like yeah so like she wanted you to like to really think about yeah Yeah, that how exactly no i think that's a good point um so it's been a really really lovely um show today thank you so much to uh, my lovely guests sarah iman hannah and hidayah um for discussing um the boy at the back of the class with me today um a big shout out to andrea for doing an amazing um job with this book and we look forward to reading um her next one which has um just come out recently uh but in the meantime i hope you all have a lovely um holiday festive break and you managed to get some rest and i will be back after the holidays so in the meantime um i wish you assalamualaikum thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org you'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefm luton